The strategy for treating muscle and joint pain has actually changed significantly in recent years. And no, I'm not talking about opioids and I'm not talking about CBD. Thank goodness. What I'm really talking about is something called fascia. And you know what fascia is. You've seen fascia because when you've cleaned your chicken or you've watched the butcher, it's that fibery stuff that surrounds the meat. And we have that throughout our body, holding our whole body together. And almost like it's like spanks for our muscles, except if you don't treat it right, or it's too tight, it creates pain. So there's a whole new way to view pain and a whole new series of area of knowledge surrounding fascia and what it does for us. So join me now. I'm going to talk to naturopathic physician and bottom line contributor, Dr. Lori Steelsmith about the healing power of fascia. I'm Sarah Heiner, and this is the Bottom Line Advocator Podcast. Don't forget, please rate and review us and tell your friends, share so that we can get more people listening and learning. Hi, gang. I'm sorry I'm late. Life is so fun when it is um, the weather gets in the way because today we're talking to somebody from Hawaii. Dr. Lori Steele-Smith is going to be back with me. And she, as we were talking, I was just ready, getting ready to go and her power went out. So we had a few minutes of flurry. So hopefully she'll hang with us. I apologize in advance if I lose her briefly, but we have a backup plan for her to dial back in. Anyway, so welcome. Welcome to, uh, it's a lunch and learn today. Um, we shifted time so that we could get onto Lori's very busy schedule. And I'm Sarah Heiner. And let me give you my usual reminders of everything that we've got a growing library of these videos. Um, they're in Facebook, but come to our YouTube page. It's a little bit easier. Actually, we have over we have hundreds and hundreds of videos in there that we've been producing over the years and great source of information on all sorts of topics in your life. And we take these videos, we put them in there. So it's easy to find and come on back, tell your friends about it. If you wanna share these videos, please share, talk about coming live, let, let people know you can come live with me, but also let them know that, you know, if you heard a great conversation, if you wanna tell people tomorrow or later on that you just found out why your body is so achy um, and you want them to see it, we're going to have it. We'll have it in YouTube probably in a few more days. It'll be on Facebook, but we'll we'll have it in YouTube in a few days. But there's a growing library. So come there, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, what else do I have to tell you about? Two other things. We always, we've got these great downloads that we're doing. One that involves pain, um, about pain, all sorts of pain in our body. We all seem to be just painful, in pain. Um, so Bottom Lines Editors put together a free download book about some of our greatest information about pain. There's a link in the chat on Facebook there. Um, for you to download that. It's free. You can do it. Share the link with your friends. We just want people feeling good. Um, and the other link that's in there to download is about immunity. The le le least likely for you to get sick is the stronger your immune system is. The more we can do to strengthen your immune system, then the least chances you have of getting all sorts of sicknesses, COVID, the flu, you name it, the chances go down. Um, so download that, that also a free download. Um, and again, share it with your friends. The doctors aren't talking about it. Now they're talking about double, triple, fourfold masks. Put your mask on, social distance, wash your hands and strengthen your immune system, please. Um, speaking about that, if anybody that really loves seeing me on Thursdays at four o'clock, tomorrow we're going to um, post kind of rebroadcast, re-premiere the interview I did a few weeks ago, super important, vitamin D with Dr. Michael Hollick. He's the top expert in vitamin D. And if you haven't heard the headlines, because they're really not out there, and if your doctor hasn't said it to you, because most of them aren't saying it, vitamin D deficiency, a very large correlation between that and the risk of getting COVID and the risk of dying from COVID. I mean, significant, huge. So watch that on Thursday, four o'clock. Um, we're going to be rebroadcasting that. 
Um, and on the bottom line set, we have information about vitamin D and the importance of taking it. Everybody should be taking it to be able to be served, to increase your defenses against COVID. Okay, now one more thing to remind you of if you have questions. So we're gonna be talking about pain today, aches and pains. Why are you so achy? Why do we hurt? Why is there chronic pain? Um, we're gonna be talking with Lori Steele-Smith about that. And if you have questions, as always, put it on into the chat box and someone will pass that information along to me. Um, and with that, let me bring on Dr. Lori Steele-Smith, who's a little fuzzy. Why are you looking a little fuzzy? Because you're <laughs> the storm. <laughs> But otherwise, it's going to be beautiful in Hawaii when the storm is gone. <laughs> yeah. No question about it. So welcome. Thanks for being back. Um, let me tell everybody how great you are, because I know how great you are, but I'm going to tell all of them how great you are. Um, Thank you. Right. Um, Dr. Lori Steelsmith is the medical director of Steelsmith Natural Health Center in Honolulu. Um, she's a naturopathic physician. She's an acupuncturist. She's the co-author of three books, including the best-selling Natural Choices for Women's Health, a fabulous book. Women go out and get it. Um, she's also the author of our very popular our very popular blog, Natural Health Secrets for Women. If you don't subscribe to it, go to our website, subscribe because it's great information on so many topics regarding women's health. Um, Germaine to the conversation today is that Lori has worked with many patients to help them go from rigidity to fluidity and to resolve their pain. Um, she's through her work as a licensed massage therapist, as, a, as an acupuncturist, as an Iyengar, I think I pronounced that properly, yoga instructor, and as a naturopath who does um, um, therapeutic injections. And you can learn all about Lori at drsteelsmith.com. So hello, officially. Um, we're going to talk about something called fascia, which sounds like a fancy word. And people are going, what's that? But if anybody has ever eaten chicken or steak and seen that the, the fibrous stuff around it, you all know what fascia is, even though you don't see it. So Lori, people, first off, we've known about fascia forever. Like, you know, since Da Vinci dissected people, they've known that fascia is there, except that in recent years, knowledge has changed about it and the whole view of what fascia does and what it provides for our bodies has changed. So how, how, why, you know, what? Well, it's actually an emerging field, which is amazing that they're just now looking at this connective tissue that holds everything together. I mean, when I was in cadaver lab back in, I think I was in the eighties. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we just threw that stuff away. We didn't even think about it. It was just, right. it's, it's like you throw it away to get to everything else. And what they're finding is that this is an incredible rich network of cells and fibers. And it's, it's the stuff that holds everything together. And it's the stuff that holds the nervous system, the blood vessels. It's, it's a unique electrical system. And actually they even think that's where the meridians are. The meridians are in the fascia. For the Chinese, ancient Chinese medicine. The right. ancient Chinese medicine. So acupuncture is interacting with these meridians, these, these highways of energy through this electrical system that's in the fascia. So you have all these peripheral nerves in the fascia. You have a lot of cells in the fascia and, and people who suffer from a lot of pain, they're finding that there's certain types of fascia that lend itself more towards pain and certain types of fascia that lends itself to less pain. So and are there, you know, are there layers of this stuff? Again, my vision of fascia is I clean my chicken and I ask someone to, you know, to get, to clean up my Chateaubriand for New Year's Eve, right? So yeah, that's yeah. all that fiber stuff. But are there um, 
different. So I, so I can picture it around my, around my muscles, but it holds our, our musculoskeletal together as well. Like, are there different layers of it that are just throughout our body? It's throughout your entire body. Every organ is encased in fascia. So hence we have these therapies that have been around for decades, um, myofascial release therapies, and even um, some upledger therapies that have to do with cranial sacral therapy and even organ manipulation therapies. And I've always wondered like, what are they doing with this organ manipulation? Like, what are they doing? It's called visceral manipulation. Like, what are they doing? Rearranging my very, Right. Yeah. And it's very subtle work. You know, it's not deep work. So I'm like, how are they manipulating the organ? And what they're doing is they're working with that fascial plane to just gently move organs out of um, a, a twisted state or an abnormal state. And, and, you know, when I think back to my anatomy lab where we were doing dissection, I mean, people's stomachs were in different places. We had three different cadavers we were, we're, we were working on. And, you know, one person's stomach was your classic stomach anatomically. The other one had a stomach that came down like this. The other person had a stomach that was like this. So, you know, you wonder, well, is that just genetics? Is it has to do with um, impacts they've had to their bodies? But clearly, you know, every, every cell and then every bundle of cells and then every um, muscle fiber, muscle, and then every organ is all encased in this fascia. So it's this incredible network throughout your body containing nerves and blood vessels. And then it carries hormones and it carries nutrients to your tissues. And it's um, important part of your immune system. So it's, it's this incredible network that um, they're just now finding new cells for. I just learned about a cell recently called a fascicite. Like this has just been discovered. So it's a whole new frontier, which is so neat. You know, what's fascinating to me. Like we think about the big organs, the brain, the heart, the lungs, like, those are easy to see, but some of the most important things that our body does, it's like it's hidden, right? So, right, so there's this hidden fascia layer that's really the hidden communication network. The, I don't want to talk about the gut, but like the microbiome, all that junk that's in our digestive tract that people think is just junk, that's yeah. our emotions and our immune system that's all hidden in the middle of that. It's like, it's like, you know, that they figured out to hide all this most critical stuff in that's right. site. That's right. And you know, the microbiome affects your fascia because of the if you're if you have a healthy microbiome, you're less inflamed. If you have an abnormal uh, less differentiated, less, um, if you don't have a robust head biome, you have more inflammation. So, I mean, that's the other thing is how like even these interconnectedness right. between something like your gut and then, you know, your fascia, you know, right. would have okay. thought. Then, so then, in, so let's talk about what the impact of the fascia is. I mean, you talked about like it holds us together and it's pain and communication, but a couple things specifically. So with regard to pain, so whether it's inflamed or it's tight or whatever. So what is so fascia equals pain? How, right? So you know, okay. The well, or, and I don't mean a biology lesson. I want people to understand like yeah. what they're feeling may be fascia doing this. Okay. So first, think of fascia as the thing that's holding your body together in terms of you've got bones, and then you have the stuff on the outside. And there's this idea of tensegrity. There's tension, and then there's integrity. And they created a new world called tensegrity where you have 
fascist scaffolding, fascist holding the big structure together. And you need to have that be a certain amount of tension in order to have integrity in the whole body, right? And fascist is basically kind of like saran wrap around your whole body. And if it's too tight, you can't breathe. If it's too tight, you can't move. And they say that a third of your biomechanics has to do with your fascia and the quality of your fascia. So if you- a third. I would think it would be like 90%. Given that I know, but this guy, this guy comes from a professor of New York School of Medicine. So I took it. <laughs> I believe <laughs> I mean, it. I, I'm just surprised. I don't believe him. Right. But I actually think I, I agree with you because, you know, you can't just isolate one thing. Right. And, you know, the, the fascia quality is what enables you to have that freedom of movement. I mean, almost, you know, all body therapies and movement therapies are all about having freedom of movement, right? Effortless movement. And when people don't have that, we need to look at why. And the quality of your fascia, the quality of that connective tissue the, on a cellular level, level is what's important in order to have that fluidity and flexibility because fascia actually has a lot of water in it. It has a lot of slippery, gooey um, qualities to it. And it has a lot of um, qualities that allow it to stretch by splitting itself. There are some amazing films online people can go to to see how when you stretch you literally see the fascia start off as a bundle and then it will literally stretch like this to separate, to accommodate that. And some people genetically have a better ability to do that. And those are your very flexible dancer types, right? Your people who gravitate towards yoga, like the temple dancer, right? They're, 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 they're very bendy. And then there's the Vikings, and this is um, all from Tom Meyer's work. He calls it the Vikings have very stiff fascia. So it's very hard for them to be bendy, very hard for that fascia to split. And, you know, but you can influence your fascia. I mean, this is maybe why we're doing this talk. Like you can influence not just by the movements that you do and the body therapies you get, but through your diet, through supplementation, through having this healthy cellular matrix, yeah, we're going to talk about what do you do about it? Because I always end up with what do you do about it? I'd like everybody to know what can I do to help myself? So we're going to talk about the physical treatments that you can do and then some of the, the food and diet and those kinds of things as well. Um, you know what, though? Again, this just strikes me so powerfully. Um, and I'm, I've been talking about this a lot with regard to our bodies and our emotions and feeling good and happy and things like that. This is another example with naturopathic philosophy of the integration of our body, that it's not just body parts, but the fascia, <laughs> right? But the fascia that connects all the different parts of the body and, and the organs and the musculature. And it's like not too tight, not too loose, like, but it's looking at it systemically and holistically, not just as your fascia is broken or your you know, bicep is broken. Um, and I just think that's such an important message for everybody to, to really absorb for their own health and wellness in general. Yes. Um, and discussing fascia is the perfect interconnected to all things. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like even as women's hormones change, the fascia changes. We know that even during the menstrual cycle, it changes. Like there's all this new research. I think it's brand new research coming out on how estrogen influences different collagen fibers. Wow. And that and, when you hit menopause, you become stiffer because you end up with more of these collagen one fibers, right? And so then your joints aren't as flexible. And we have to think of fascia and collagen as kind of together. Like 
college, we, we all think about college and right as we get older, we start to, you know, like, let's wait a minute, what's happening here? <laughs> Can yeah, we just I it every day day I'm looking at myself on this screen. Thank you. Right? <laughs> You're beautiful. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just, it's just that, you know, estrogen impacts collagen, but it also is affecting you like inside your joints, inside your cruciate ligament, right? In your, in your uh, knee, this is this big crossing ligament in the knee. So, you know, they're even doing research now to look at, you know, young soccer players and, why is it that young women who play soccer tend to have more of these cruciate ligament issues and tears? And it's because of their hormones. Right. It's because of their estrogen. It makes it looser so that their pelvis is more able to open, right? And, and deliver a baby, right? How is it that the, you know, the cervix can go from this to 10 centimeters wide in order to deliver a baby? It's because there's all these hormonal changes that take place to allow for that, that connective tissue to shift. Yeah. Well, and then there's another aspect and I want, then we're, we're going to move to, to the, what do I do about it? Um, the lymphs, the lymphatic system as well, the immune yes. system that, um, that also flows through the fascia and affect, and I guess tight, tight, dry fascia doesn't allow the release of toxins and waste products that, in the same way as well. That's right. Because you're, lymphatics don't have a big heart behind them to pump, right? Like our vascular system does. So your lymph system is only going to be able to take all the debris from your feet and bring it back up to the cisterna chile up here in your chest to dump it into the subclavian vein in order for the liver to process it if you move. And if your fascia is stiff or you're not moving, you're not gonna be able to get all those, all that cellular debris, right? Every cell has garbage. Every cell releases that garbage and it moves into the extracellular space, the lymphatic system and has to come back up and get processed. So, and people that, um, you know, one way to support your fascia is through movement, movement, exercise, any kind of movement. And then there's all kinds of um, other therapies, which we'll talk about that can also help to support that lymphatic movement. Right, but it's just, again, I just, I probably get too geeky at all this sort of stuff, but it's important. I just think it's so important to understand the big perspective of this stuff. So we're talking about pain. This is pain, but again, it's it's your immune system. Like to have your fashion shape, to to take care of ourselves as we're going to talk about, so important for our overall health. Now let's talk for a second about injury because fascia, like I got, so it's easy to say, okay, I'm tight in my body. But if you get an injury, one of the interesting things about fascia is that you might have a pain in your neck that really starts someplace else. And there, I saw an interesting um, picture, like if you pictured your body, like picture like a spider web, and that if you put, touch it here, it goes out of shape there. So that when it's, that the, that the pain, like this network that, that if you have an injury, it radiates, like you could have a, a disparate, you could have a pain here, but an injury there. And that all yes. also might be connected to fascia. And, you know, that's been known for decades. I mean, there is Dr. Travell's work on trigger point therapy and referred pain. I mean, that's been known for decades, but I don't think they've connected it to fascial patterns. And, and what Tom Myers, who's, um, he was a rolfer and he's created a book called Anatomy Trains. Um, what they talk about is the fascial lines. And there are these amazing fascial connections between the foot and the tongue. <laughs> um, between, right. I mean, I'm not kidding between, right. um, you know, there's fascial lines that, cr that cross, there are fascial lines that cross the body. So for instance, I did have a problem here in my neck, mm -hmm. but to fix it, they needed to treat me 
over here in my ribs. Like this was where the problem was. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily my neck and to get my head to be where it's supposed to be on my head, not forward, not back, not too much to the side, you know, the whole left side needed to be treated. So it's, and, and the same thing happens like with knees, it's not always a knee problem. It's often something going on with the hip or the ankle or even be related to another part of your body. So a, a really good body worker or anybody who's doing structural type work with you, um, you need you need to see someone who can see those associations because sometimes the hips, you know, every patient I check their hips, it can be anterior on the right, but also twisted, mm -hmm. right? So they can be in this, you have to look at all the different planes and have the patient, you know, change position. And you see these uh, compensations in the body, right? Because if this is high, that means something else is going to hike up like your hip, right? Right shoulder up, left hip will, will right? In order to create an yep, evenness. Yep. So, um, so, so sometimes treating the, the source of the pain isn't really the source of the problem. Is there, you mentioned needing to find a practitioner for this. Um, is it like, do chiro are chiropractors trained or is it kind of catch and catch can whoever has studied this unique aspect could be rolfing, could be, um, you know, There's a plethora of things people can do. I mean, really, truly. I mean, pyro, some of them do a lot of soft tissue work. Some of them don't do any. Um, I have always, I mean, in fact, I was going to go the chiropractic route and I was a massage therapist at the time. And I just couldn't understand like why adjusting the facet, you know, why adjusting the bone would change things when it's really soft tissue that pulls the bones out of place. Right. So I, so I encourage all your listeners that if you're going to go a chiropractor or find one that also works with the soft tissue, because you know, the problem yes, was here, I could have kept getting adjusted, 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 and probably created ligament laxity there. Um, but really the problem was here. <laughs> right. Well, so, I, I will say the chiropractors that I've gone to um, have all said to me that they're, they've called it muscle memory. Right, that which was their version of the something's tight here, so it's pulling the bone out there. So they weren't, they may or may not have known the fascial aspect to it, but the whole the, the, mm -hmm. they acknowledged that it was that there was soft tissue involved in the bones being out. And there are many different, mm -hmm, there are many different therapists, like therapies that can be done from manual myofascial release therapies to injection therapies, like I do, where you're actually putting water into the tissue to help with smooth glide. Um, there are, you know, yoga therapies, people, th things that people can do themselves with foam rolling. I mean, literally all these therapies that create impact and have, have what they call shear, where you pin the bone against another, uh, like the, like the foam roller, and then you move in the, op you, you move against the fascia. You can literally change the, the fascial tissue by creating these shear forces. And I mean, it's very powerful work and you can create release that's, that's impactful. So let's, okay, so let's talk about some of this. So first up in terms of bead foam rolling or going to a practitioner, that, because there's, there's two aspects. There's the, how do we make our fascia healthy? And then, and if I, or if I have a specific pain, if I have a specific pain, it sounds like I should go find a specifically educated practitioner um, that understands not just yeah. soft tissue work, but has been trained. Is there um, some specific credential or studies that they would that uh, that I should look for to ask if they've been trained in. 
there isn't really the fascial practitioner. There's massage therapists who go and get myofascial release work, where you're literally, you know, creating release through um, fascial stretching. There are like somebody like me, my, I'm a, I'm a, I've got a potpourri of things that I do, right? From the body work I did in my 20s to the acupuncture work I did and, you know, still do for the last 30 years. Um, I do these injections with sugar, water, and salt called perineural injection treatment that puts literally puts fluid in, but also changes the nervous system, the, these receptors on the nerve that downregulate and, and, and downregulate all the hyper-upregulated nerves around it. And, and within five to 10 minutes, people have less pain and more, more range of motion. And it, and it stays, it stays typically. Um, and then there's, then there's people who are doing, um, you know, like, like foam rolling and, uh, teaching people how to use different devices like lacrosse balls. I, I, in fact, when I get on a plane, I always take two lacrosse balls stuck together in a sock and I, I put them on my back and then I roll <laughs> and I stick it on my butt and I stick it into my hip. And, you know, the people next to me, I have to tell them, you know, I'm squirming. <laughs> and I just want you to know, like, I don't have ants in my pants. I'm just trying to release my fascia because I can't sit here for five straight hours. And, you know, just to get off my rock in Hawaii, you've got to get on a plane for five hours. So, um, so you know, people are going to have all kinds of tools to self-heal and to release some of these fascial adhesions, you know, for, for, you know, minor structural things. And then for bigger major ones, having homework to do at home to help them to recover is also really important. So is this, and the myofascial, this isn't just simply stretching, although yoga, I mean, it, I, I'll, I'll oversimplify yoga to some version of stretching. I mean, there's far more to it than that, but that's not breaking up adhesions. So more for the fascial to break it down and is it really kind of breaking down the adhesions and making it supple so that things like the foam rolling or the balls, um, and I'm gonna give a small commercial for someone named Jill, uh, Jill Miller and Yoga Tune-Up, who I, if you, if you haven't seen Jill Miller and Yoga Tune-Up Balls, she's awesome. A ton of exercises that she has for, with specific using the balls. Um, we've interviewed That's her. Great. She's great. Yeah. So yoga is amazing. And that like when I first got back into yoga about five years ago, it was, and it was incredible. Mm -hmm. It just changed, it changed my body. It literally woke me back up again, changed my body. I ended up becoming a yoga teacher through the training because it was, it was just so amazing, but it won't be able to this, to break up those fascial adhesions that may be really stuck on people like in their TFL, which runs from the hip to the knee, right? The tensor fascia lata. Um, in the lumbar fascia, it might not be able to get there. Um, fascial workers who know how to get in there and do that fascial cheering can, can make profound impacts. Um, prolozone, which I use too, which I'm injecting uh, a procaine, and then I put in ozone. Ozone will break up these fascial adhesions. It brings in water. It upregulates the mitochondria, which make energy. Um, it decreases inflammation. So by by using these various therapies, depending on where you are in the spectrum, you can have profound impacts in your range of motion and your fluidity of movement in your freedom of movement. So I have to say the injections make me, they seem very extreme. So, and, and I always get like, but this is supposed to be so gentle and break it up and you're gonna stick a needle in me and stick stuff in? Um, so <laughs> is, is that for the deeply tight and, and pained people? Or is that, you know, again, I'm, I'm sitting here going, I'm, we're going, I'm not, 
I'm trying to create order in oddly a, uh, this kind of um, this context of, of fashion that folds on itself. Like it's not a single single-minded issue, right? Because there's maintaining the health and there's breaking up knots and there's getting the lubrication. So I'm sitting here in my mind as we're talking going, wait, I have to get that, I have to get that more orderly. So, so, so here's, here's how I think of needles. And I said it to a patient the other day and it was like an epiphany for me. It was like, oh, I've been using my hands my whole life, right? Since my twenties, I was a massage therapist. I was like one of the youngest massage therapists licensed in Washington. I can use a needle to get places my fingers can't go. Right. And I can impact that tissue really profoundly by changing not just fascia, but also the collagen, the, the, the connective tissue, the, um, the ligament. I can go to the anthesis, like right where the, the ligament hits the bone and the tendon hit the bone. And I can, I can impact that. I can impact underneath the scapula. And you know you can't get there with your fingers, and it's it's profound what can happen because of the nutrients that you put in, because of the different ingredients that you put in, like the ozone. It just it prof it's profound. Now, do I use it on everybody? No. Right. If somebody comes in with osteoarthritis in their knees, their shoulders, their ankles, yes. Do I use it on a really big trigger point? Yes. Trigger point therapy is amazing. You put a needle into that actual adhesion, that snarly mess of tissue, and you can see it release, just, just, it lets go and it can be permanent. I mean, that's the amazing thing for people with chronic pain. It can be amazing or people that are chronically stuck, right? Like that netting is stuck over here. So instead of getting 10 rolfing sessions to have it get unstuck, I can release it. But you also need to look at the hip, right? If it's up here in the shoulder, like what's going on there? And that's where you do the other kinds of therapies, get them stretching, get them um, doing myofascial release work, have them maybe do the rolfing for the rest of the picture, because you do have to, you have to look at the whole picture. Um, but these therapies are truly amazing for people with chronic pain. They're, so they're all, amazing. All the average achy breaky people that are sitting there at home that are like, like you and me, you and I were like complaining about our aches and pains. Um, although you less than me, cause you do all this stuff. I talk about doing this stuff, <laughs> I, um, but um, where do they start? So like, what, what should they be looking at? Is it so rolling and does it, I mean, and is there, and I do roll, but rolling where like in, is, are there YouTube videos? Like where do the, how do they start rolling or do they just roll wherever it's tight and it's cross? Like how do, is it, they, they roll with the muscles or against Okay, so let's talk about what's actually happening when you do that. So anytime, I mean, one thing I loved about studying fascia because I've taken all these courses now is that when you press down on the tissue, you push fluid out. But then when you release your hand, more fluid comes in there was there before. And when you have fluid between fascial planes, things slip and slide and they move better. Right. And fascia itself, the goo in the fascia, the goo made by fibroblasts, right? The goo is what determines how slippery you are and the, and the quality of that goo, how much goo. So what I would start with, with everybody out there, whether you have myofascial pain, whether you have fibromyalgia, whether you have like systemic chronic overall pain, you need to drink water. 
like that's number one because and if you drink half your body weight in ounces you need water to hydrate literally think of a, a little plant that you saw in the morning and it's kind of dripping you know drooping over and you put water in it and all of a sudden within an hour it's standing upright i mean it's the same thing with your fascia with your body you need to have fluid and water then for people who um th then we need good nutrition right we need really good nutrition for everybody everybody needs to be on an anti-inflammatory diet because inflammation is systemic it isn't just in your intestine good nutrition includes good supplementation i think in this day and age right. so things that decrease inflammation like curcumin from turmeric there's a really amazing uh nutraceutical called pea and pea i'm going to say this the best way i can because it's not phenylethylamine that actually helps with mood and dopamine but it's called palmito elenolamide <laughs> we'll get that link on there for somebody Show it's unbelievably hard to say but right. anyway this is made from fat and it's made from egg yolks it's it's in peanuts it's it's found it's it's made from palmitic acid it's now a supplement and it's basically a signaling molecule that downregulates the inflammatory response. And it works on these other fascial cells called glial cells, and it works on mast cells. So people with a lot of allergies, it helps to downregulate. Um, and it works in the central and the peripheral nervous system. So for my patients with fibromyalgia and patients with, you know, chronic pain in their bodies, you know, some of these seniors I work with, they have chronic pain. And so putting them on the right kinds of nutraceuticals can really make an impact. So how about the other fats? So are, if you're saying that those are fats that are in, in eggs, like the, the, that's in eggs or in nuts, um, are there, can they eat that food, eat those foods? They can, but I don't think they'll get the same concentrated amount that they would need to make a biochemical effect happen right. in the body, right? right? So I would, I would be more interested in them taking it as a supplement actually. And this is a kind of a new kid on the block too, as far as supplementation go. Um, I do have patients take fish oils with it because the fish oils are the omega-3 fats, but, but this particular type of fat actually works with these cannabinoid receptors, not the same ones like CB1, CB2, but other cannabinoid receptors. Right. So instead of having to take CBD, you can take something like this and also have kind of an upstream effect on the inflammatory cascade. So, so shoring up sort of the constitution of the patient is really important. And then depending on what a patient has, so if they have this systemic body pain, well, let, me, let, me stick on, let me stick on the foods per second, as long as we're, okay, we're okay. Sure, then we'll go back to the physicals. Um, so omegas, how about, um, you mentioned um, collagen before, collagen, so should people take collagen? My daughter throws collagen in her coffee all the time. Um, you know, I think it's not a bad idea because at least you're getting like proline, some of the building blocks to making good collagen. I just have always wondered, is eating it going to then just get broken down? And I mean, maybe it's giving you at least some of the substrate that you would need. Um, I like the idea. I like the idea. I just don't know if it actually works. So there's no proof yet, but you can try it. It's harmless. Um, how about things like um, glucosamine and chondroitin? Okay, so what's really neat about those products, and they've been around, I mean, my whole career, like seriously, since the 90s, people have been taking them. And I, I do think there's some benefit to them and that they increase glucose aminoglycan synthesis, which means it helps to build cartilage, right? It helps to build cartilage. And these GAGs, glucose aminoglycans, they actually are part of 
also fascia. They're also part of our connective tissue. So I, I think there's some merit to it. Yes. And I, there's research to back that up too. Okay. Gotcha. And how about you were talking about you know, the inflammation that, you know, as, as you as you get inflamed throughout your body, you're also getting inflamed in your fascia, which then creates um, problems with it. How about then I'll call it the classic anti-inflammatories in terms of antioxidants, vitamin C, NAC, things like that. Well, I would say yes. And again, like if we're looking at boosting antioxidants, our most potent antioxidant is glutathione. Mm -hmm. And that glutathione helps us detoxify heavy metals, helps get rid of mold toxins. Um, it, it's, a, it's a very powerful antioxidant for the nervous system. N-acetylcysteine will help to recycle your own glutathione. Selenium will recycle your own glutathione. Lipoic acid, right? It's a fat-soluble antioxidant and water-soluble. So it's, it's an amazing, actually lipoic acid's amazing for anybody with nerve pain, like neuropathies, small uh, nerve fiber neuropathies, um, large fiber neuropathies. I mean, it's, it's very important for people post-chemo to get onto lots of lipoic acid to help that, the nerves to heal. Um, and, and it has this incredible ability to recycle that glutathione. So the less inflamed we are, the healthier we are. The less inflamed we are, the better we feel. Right. So yes, anything we can do to move in that direction of less inflammation and away from more inflammation. Okay, which then, which helps the fascia as well. All right. So now let's go back to some of this, like the body work. So now I'm, so now I'm drinking my water. I'm all hydrated. I'm all gooey and all that sort of stuff. Um, let's go back to the I'll call it the self-massage or the, like, what can I be doing to help make my fashion more supple? I don't know if that's a good one. Okay. So I think having a really good routine that you do consistently would be, it is important. In fact, it should be, you know how they say we need to do aerobic exercise, weightlifting. We need a fascial routine. Now they say stretching. So I think stretching is really our fascial routine, but, and that can be done on our own. And then we can have certain tools at home to make that work for us. So well, having some- this is, The fascia is far more than stretching though. So stretch, stretching is part of it. It lengthens the fascia, but it's not breaking up the tightness of it per se. That's right. That's right. You're, you did your research. <laughs> so that's where that- uh, the lacrosse ball comes in. And what I recommend people do is that they probably will, it depends on the degree of which they have fascial adhesions. So if the fascial adhesions are something they can release on their own at home, do it. And like you said, you have a great resource for a, a, a yoga person. There are lots of online videos about how to release fascia with foam rollers, with lacrosse balls. Um, there's a great book out there called Standing Up to a Sitting World. I have it somewhere around here. Um, and he's got wonderful tools of where you just take the ball, put it into your shoulders, lean against the wall, you know, get into it, go against the corner, like here, this corner of this wall here. I do yeah. that all and the you time. Can, yeah, literally dig in there to get your rhomboid and to release the um, subscap. Um, there's, there's a lot that you can do with pressure and some movement. And you, and, and, and if that doesn't do it, then going to see a practitioner who knows how to use shearing. Because shearing, you really need to have the pressure on the outside, the bone on the inside. So you've got two kinds of pressure. And then you need somebody to work to shear the fibers in the opposite direction that they run in order to get them to release. 
And they will. And not only will they release, but they will also create a much healthier fascia milieu, <laughs> much more healthier fascial cells. Um, it will literally increase new blood vessel formation. It'll stimulate the local immunity. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's just some really amazing therapies out there that can help people to, to live and, and, and live more freely, have less pain. So to that point, what's the expectation? I, I was talking to an anesthesiologist friend a while back, and he said one of the mistakes they make in anesthesia, and this relates to the opioid crisis, is that there's this, um, they ask people to I'll call it rate their pain on zero to 10, and the goal is always zero. But is zero pain really a realistic thing? I mean, that we talk about breaking up adhesions, working on us ourselves, and I'm gonna, you know, I, I was talking to you before, I actually, the last couple of days, spent a lot of time stretching and it made a huge difference, but I still wake up stiff. Like I'm always going to have some level of it. So what's the expectation for people to have of how they will feel? Is there such a thing as I will not feel tight at all? If, you know, once I'm past the age of three, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I'm trying to think, like set an expectation for what people should do so that they know like what, if I work on this myself today, if I roll every day, but I've been rolling, but it still hurts me tomorrow. But is that just part of the process and that it just is something that you have to maintain versus when do you go to an expert? And even then, once they break up those adhesions, you still may not be, you know, doing cartwheels all over. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I just want to set an expectation for what is, what's normal. No one knows what normal is, I guess. Well, I would say that people, what's normal is to not always be in pain. And if you are, you should definitely go see somebody because there are many reasons why you may be in pain, systemic, even systemic or local. Um, for instance, I had a patient come see me maybe 10 years ago and she had chronic pain all over her body. She had, was chronically cold. She had moved from somewhere in the Northeast down to Florida to try to get warm and finally ended up in Texas, couldn't get warm in Florida, so went to Texas, couldn't get warm there, moved to Hawaii. Came to see me and, and my back, gosh, 10, 20 years ago, I, I didn't know what to do with the patient because it was too complex a case and I needed to run tests first. I would just say, you know, why don't you just get off gluten? Just, just get off it, this is before it was a fad. Just stop eating it and let's just, you know, come back in two weeks, we'll have some labs back and then we can kind of take it from there. And, and, you know, inevitably, people on that spectrum of autoimmune disease, almost everybody got some measurement of better, like they got a little better. This patient in two weeks came back and was like, I cannot believe what just happened. Right. I am not in pain. All my pain is gone. Wow. Now, we then went on a whole discovery of other foods she was reactive to through blood testing and elimination challenge. And we worked on her gut wall. And, you know, we did the whole naturopathic thing that we do. And this woman is no longer in pain. And she was in systemic eight out of nine, 10 pain all the time. All right. So, you know, and, and then what's the expectation? I think people should be able to live freely and have freedom of movement. Right. But we do need to work at it, especially as we get older. So we need tone and strength, we need, we need to have functionality. So if we're constantly just doing a bicep curl, well, your muscle's just gonna get shorter and shorter and shorter. So we also need to lengthen that muscle so it's functional. Um, you know, you can see this in bodybuilders that have shortened bodies, like they can't really move. And that's from the type of workouts that they've done. And, and 
And I think people don't want to be limited in that range of motion. They want to have, you know, freedom of movement. Mm -hmm. So I think expectation is, yeah, people shouldn't have a lot of pain. And if you do, then you need to modify your workouts, modify your stretching routine. You know, I personally started getting really injured when I took my yoga practice to like the new level. Right. I started going to the advanced classes. I was now doing like all the big things. We take your leg behind your head kind of stuff. Right. No and then. Right. right. And I was like, well, why? I start getting injured. Right. Because I'm actually more the temple dancer. I actually have a lot of ligament laxity. Um, I'm more on that spectrum of loosey goosiness. Fashion. No, it was easy for me. Gymnastics was easy for me. But at my age, doing taking myself to extremes actually uh, put my put me into a category like th- where I was getting injured because I don't have the, res- the same uh, sensory feedback that other people have to say stop stretching. And so it's kind of like putting yourself in an exercise routine and a stretching routine that's appropriate for your constitutional type, for your fascial type, for your body type. Some people running three to 10 miles a day is perfect for them. Somebody with a lot of ligament laxity, not a great thing for them, but ligament laxity people probably shouldn't do extreme yoga. Ligament laxity people or fascial laxity people need to do more weight training, Pilates, resistance training, right? You you know what I'm saying? So it's also figuring out what fascial type you are and then creating a program that works best for you. I was just going to ask you, how do you, how do you diagnose your fascial type? Well, okay. So if you can take your thumb and practically touch your wrist. This is called Brighton score. It's one of the tests. See yeah, how close I can go? Touching your wrist? Like, yeah, practically. So if you can do that, straighten your arms completely and yep. then do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> so you're a little stiffer than me, okay? But if, if oh, you're actually pretty loose. So, so yeah. you need to do, you probably need to do strength training. So yeah. people that naturally can do splits, naturally have a lot of uh, laxity, a lot of fluidity in their bodies. They actually need to shorten things up a little bit. They need to have their muscles pr- provide more tension so that they have better integrity, <laughs> right? The tension and integrity. People who have, um, that are very stiff, that really cannot bend forward and touch the floor with their you know, straight legs and bend forward and do Uttanasana, those folks actually need to stretch more. Right. And, and actually learning about fascia helped me also understand like why as a springboard diver, I was great at the tricks, but I just didn't have a lot of spring because my tissue didn't have the same kind of rebound fascia. I didn't have the type of fascia, elastic fascia that allows me to have bounce. Like you think of Simone Biles, right? I mean, she's an amazing gymnast, right? She's got both going. She's got bounce and she's got the flexibility, but she's a power gymnast, right? She probably has a lot of elastic tissue, a lot of bounce, bounce kind of fascia. So, you know, your, your genetics do determine what sports you're really good at. And then the, the work you put in to support your body and to support your functionality also then determines how well you're able to do that sport. Um, so it seems like, as with so many things, that people need to pay attention to their bodies, try different things, and, and watch how your body reacts to some of this stuff. So th- Yes, right? I, I agree. And I think as little kids, we kind of figure it out. Like, I ended up in gymnastics and springboard diving and balance beam and, and cheerleading, right? It was all, you know, it's all very uh, stretchy and bendy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then personality. 
Yeah, right. And then as a yoga teacher, it also made me realize like I shouldn't go into the advanced yoga training because it's actually not good for me. It's actually going to take me to the extreme. That's going to create more injury, which is exactly what it started to do. And I was going to say, it's funny actually, because I think I've talked about before. I've been working out since, since the pandemic, I have a friend who's a trainer who I'd work with out with every so often and to help her because she was now out of, you know, out of a job basically, because no one was coming into the gym. She and I started doing zoom training. And she and I have constant conversations about finding the right weight for me to use. And if I go too heavy, like I might be strong enough in some ways to use a heavier weight and I can do it, but I watch what it does to my body and then I might accidentally injure. So it really is, a, you know, watching yourself. It's the combination conversation of what feels good, what feels like you can feel when you're pulling it in there and you can feel when there's there's a false tension and you really have to pay attention and watch your body on it and be part of it. And Um, especially over 50, (laughs) it makes a big difference. It really does. Your collagen is different. Your connective tissue is different. And if you take hormones, it's different than if you don't take hormones. So yeah, I agree completely. And, and, you know, the amazing thing about so many exercises today like there are these little subtle movements that you can do like in Pilates and some of these other kinds of trainings that make such a huge impact. Like you don't necessarily have to do the, like you said, the big heavy weight to get the impact. Nor is it my goal. At, at my advanced age, all I want to do is be fit and look pretty good. I'm not looking to do a marathon. I'm not looking to, you know, be Simone Biles. I just want to look pretty good for my, myself. and feel right. <laughs> That's all. Right, 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 right. Like deadlift, whatever I need to do, whatever she wants to do. Um, There's a question from someone, Christina, um, was back to the food conversation. Um, She talked about how tomatoes add inflammation, do do, do tomatoes add inflammation? That's her specific question. And is there something about tomatoes or is it individual, you know, different people, different sensitivities? Okay, so some people have problems with the nightshade family. A lot of people do, actually. The nightshade family are tomatoes, potatoes, eggplant, pepper, okay? And the nightshade family, some patients with chronic pain, fibromyalgia pain, uh, just pain, arthritic pain, um, do very well when I put them on a nightshade-free diet. Now, if they're also on a low histamine diet and they're on a FODMAP diet and they're on a food allergy diet, I mean, it starts to get a little crazy. (laughs) So we have to kind of piecemeal like what's appropriate here. But I do think exploring, avoiding those things can make a difference. Um, I've I've definitely had at least 10 patients where it was a profound difference staying off of nightshades. Locking the diet, okay, good. Yeah, and I think it's very individual, actually. Well, because we all, like you said, the woman that had had the, glucose, um, or not glucose, the, um, gluten. The gluten. Oh yeah. I mean, that was profound. I mean, I'll never forget her case. It was, it was profound. It's still, it's changed her life even to this day. I still know her. Um, I have another question from Rebecca is asking, so exercises, um, are there any other exercises or suggestions for people who aren't as flexible, um, with that, with the thumb to wrist? So what, what kind of strength training? Is it literally just strength training kind of stuff or are there, um, Well, people who aren't as flexible actually need to do stretching, right? So it's the loosey-goosey people like me that need more muscle and strength training. People like her need more stretching. And, you know, doing Iyengar yoga, it's very safe. 
the reason why I chose that method, it's very structured, it's very safe, it's, it's slow, and a lot of it's kind of like a meditation in motion where you're bringing your consciousness into the left lateral heel <laughs> while at the same time in your, you know, medial front toe, right? It's like, it's, it's a very a quiet, but very intense and allows for um, very safe stretching. So I think for very stiff people, Iyengar yoga is a very good method to follow. Um, some of the other methods may not be as good for them because it's flowing, right? It's moving from one thing to the next, it's very fast. So that those types of yoga may not be the best. Um, a warm room yoga, like there's that Bikram yoga, I don't know if that's still happening or not, um, but doing yoga in a warmer room can be very effective too for those stiffer people. Um, but Bikram also moves from one thing to the next without a whole lot of detailed instruction. So I think the detailed instruction, like with Hatha Yoga, Iyengar in particular, is, it's kind of known for that and using lots of props like chairs and blocks and okay. yeah. Gotcha. How about something like swimming? Swimming is very fluid motion. Um, swimming is, I think, great for everybody because it's going to build strength and it's cardio and you know, the whole thing with the water. <laughs> There's something about water. <laughs> but I'm thinking that it's it's more fluid versus yeah. playing basketball where, you know, it's just tight and jumping and all yeah. that. Yeah. Um, all right. One last question and then I will let you go. And, and thank you, Weather Gods, because you've been kind to the electric yes. technology <laughs> gods. Um, if somebody wanted to go to a practitioner, so what, who, are the, who are the options that they should research and what should they ask them? Do, do they know? Okay. So I can say that if you needed structural, whole body structural integration work, I would go to a rolfer somebody who does structural integration body work. They are trained to do body reading, ask questions about their training. If, they're, if they've been trained by the Ida Rolf group or something similar, the structural integration folks, those people are amazing. If you and just I want to feel- I would know that I need structural integration because I just have overall aches, because I have <laughs> disparate pain in different parts of my body. Why, why do I know that I need structural integration? I would say that you know you need it because you have pain, because you have, you've been to massage therapists, you've tried acupuncture, it just isn't working, and you want to get to the source of the problem. And I would consider a, a structural integration worker because you'll have to do it, they'll do a series of 10 treatments and they'll work on changing your posture and where the bones are in space. They're going to shift those that, you know, where we talked about the fascia being pulled, right? right? They're going to help not only release that, but everything downstream as well. Gotcha. So I think that those folks are going to really help you with that sort of whole body structural change that you want. Gotcha. Okay. And then if you just have tight shoulders and a neck and it's just temporary, go to a massage therapist. They're right. wonderful. They'll push on it. They'll bring more fluid in there. They'll lengthen. You know, it's wonderful. And does regular massage, like doing, like massage is something they can do every so often, or I think of that actually as a, a maintenance that, that, that it's healthy to do on an ongoing regular basis as I'll call it just to keep yourself more supple. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Get your partner to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so trade with a friend. All right. Yeah. And, and, and 
Go ahead. And, and get massage on your feet. I mean, your feet are so intimately connected to the rest of your body. Just releasing your feet. You know, people with um, releasing your feet is really important. So, you know, women that wear those high heels, oh my gosh, their feet are, they have problems. And then they end up with problems in their hips and their back and their neck. Um, if there's one thing you do is just take that lacrosse ball and, and rub out the bottom of your feet. It, it'll change your whole body, actually, yeah. because of the way the fascial planes are. And go to a book and look at like, those different fascial lines and you'll see the interconnectedness, the spiral line, you know, the front, the, the deep frontal line, the deep uh, the back line, the side line. It's, it's, it's amazing, actually, when you start to see how the fascia wraps around the body. It's it pretty. Is. It's, it's crazy. It's like. Again, I saw this illustration of it was like Spider-Man, you know, Spidey that just had this whole um, Spidey thing around us that just, you know, pulls in different directions. You and I could talk for hours, but we're going to stop now and let everybody go okay. back to their lives and I'll let you go back to your day. And I can't appreciate you. Can't, can't thank you enough. Um, your website, again, for anybody that wants to get in contact, um, drsteelsmith.com um, in Honolulu, but you do do phone work as well, correct? Um, and what else was I going to say? Don't forget, download those premium, those free books that are listed there. Subscribe to us on YouTube and everybody go, go out there, stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're living in an unprecedented time when trust in our media and news sources are at an all time low. It seems that everyone has an agenda, if not a political one, then a business one, as media companies are beholden to advertisers or shareholders. Well, not at bottom line. We're a family-owned business and have been free from the influence of advertising since our start nearly 50 years ago, focused solely on helping people live happier, more fulfilled lives. Our flagship publication, Bottom Line Personal, provides advice that can be put into action each day, helping people do better and feel better. Thousands of top, highly respected, truth-seeking experts have appeared in Bottom Line Personal on topics in all areas of life, including healthcare, financial planning, home improvement tips, great gift ideas, how to save money on travel, insurance snafus, smart tax strategies, improving your relationships, and so much more. Bottom Line Personal has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for nearly 50 years with our actionable and double fact-checked advice. Subscribe today and get a free bonus book, Bottom Line's Best Bets, full of some of our experts' greatest tips of all time. Just go to bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast. That's bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast.